Brad and Jeff shouldn't have a podcast. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Welcome to Brad and Jeff Shouldn't Have a Podcast. I'm Brad Behigian. And I'm Jeff Andres. Well, the moment you've all been waiting for has arrived. We're going to start season two. This is episode one. Jeff, it's great to be with you again. Oh, it's great to be back, buddy. Little uh, housekeeping here. So we're going to have more of an informal schedule. Um, we're going to put out episodes maybe every one to two weeks. Um, probably somewhere between the middle of the week to the end of the week, as far as the release of said episode uh, episodes, we're working on uh, some sort of schedule for a live broadcast. Again, that's something that we ironed out hopefully soon. Right now we're aiming towards possibly Sunday mornings before football kickoff. We're also looking for new sponsors for season two. If you're interested in working with us, just reach out to us on Facebook. You can send us a private message on there. And we'd, we'd love to look, work with you. All right, let's get into it, Jeff. So absurd, moronic, and downright ridiculous. We're going to start right here at home in Boston, Massachusetts, where a high school used a party bus with stripper poles amid the bus driver shortage. So as a lot of you know at this point, uh, the governor has uh, enacted the National Guard to step in and drive school buses for a number of communities. And so this was a, I believe this is a charter school um, in Boston, Jeff. Uh, An English teacher, Jim Mayers, tweeted this on his personal Twitter account. It's since been deleted because he was getting too many inquiries, but they had a field trip. And I guess the transportation company they normally would use that, I guess it backed out you know, sort of at a last minute thing. So it seems like they had to go with a, you know, a limo company or, or something like that. And the bus that arrived is decked out with stripper poles and lighting. And some of the, some of the tweets are actually pretty amusing. Unfortunately, there was some uh, banter that he had posted with a, with a student of his at yeah. one point and said, is that, a, is that what a stripper pole looks like? And he was like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, so yeah. this is where we're at now, Jeff. So we went from, you know, having kids out of school for so long, we're back to school. We don't have people to drive them. We have a field trip and they're now on a, a basically a, the equivalent of a booze cruise, like bus, essentially like a, they're on like a a bachelor party bus with stripper poles to go on their field trip. Uh, Thankfully this was a high school. I think there were juniors, I believe it said, but like, at where we're at now, Jeff, in 2021, like this, like it, it almost doesn't even move the needle though for me. Like this is not even surprise. Like nothing sh- shocks me anymore. What did you make of this story? <laughs> so it's actually funny that, that last thing you said. I had the same feeling. I was like, oh, that's a cute little story, and I just kept going with my day. I didn't even really put too much uh, thought into it. Um, I think the situation is hilarious. I mean, I think this is a funny story to be honest with you. I mean. I would love to see the picture. I know it was taken down before I could see it. Cause like what kind of pole, like they say stripper pole, but like, Oh no, it subway was there. I saw so, way there's poles. Is that a stripper pole? Like what? No, is no. this like a legit stripper yeah, pole? Yeah. Jeff. So like, if you think of, you know, those like huge, like party buses that seat like 20 to 25 people. 
Yeah. They have like the couches and stuff in it. So <laughs> that's like the, there the was, I believe there were two of them, one at the front, one at like they're in the, in the aisle. Like it's a legit like floor to ceiling pole. Oof. And then like with the led lighting <laughs> around it. Oof. Okay. Yeah. See, I never get to see the, the visual. So I was like, I mean, every train has a pole. Is that a stripper pole? Are we calling everything a stripper pole now? Um, uh, it's in a gloss finish. So you know when you're on the red line, it's got that matte satin. This had a nice high polish on it. Oof. Okay. So okay, stripper pole confirmed. Um, yes. I mean, there's so many questions that go into this. Like, one, you know, why why did this guy post this? Because he knew this was going to backfire. So I I wonder what he thought. Like, what what was the purpose of it? Because he knew this was going to happen. Two, whose idea was to rent that bus out? I mean, it had to be someone in administration. But like, did they not look at the bus? Did they not ask the company they were using? Like, what kind of, what is this bus usually used for? Sure, like, we can accommodate X <laughs> amount of students. Like, uh, you ha- like it had to have been, yeah. that was a, like, no one, I guarantee you that they didn't know. No, no, they, no, no idea. They probably just said the X amount of students just Finger. send whatever you have at this yeah. point. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they should have just brought the kids to the strip club at that point. I mean, if these are all kids in high school, they should have just gone to Worcester to some, you know, Shout out to Sweaty Betty's. I think it's called Hurricane Betty's. Hopefully, my friends from Worcester hear this episode. That place is uh, very down, down bad. So uh, that'd be perfect for this school trip. And just to talk like, so in the related issue we mentioned with the National Guard. So there's as many as 250 National Guard members um, are expected to be made available. And then I guess there are 90 are, are in training right now. So in regards to that story, when I originally saw it, I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. And then I read like, oh, the communities are Chelsea, Lawrence, Lowell, and Lynn. And then I, and then I said to myself, on second thought, maybe it is good that somebody's armed driving a bus in those four communities. Yeah, maybe that should be a constant thing from now on after this is, you know, even after the shortage is over. My, my question was, so this is a couple of weeks ago, I saw a picture of WBZ. I think they were in a helicopter. And they were like, took a picture of like soldiers, a training set with the training, training center. center. Yes. The, the guard. And they were next to a, a f-ing van. And this lady was like pointing at the van. Like these, these people drive like Humvees. Like you see the equipment they drive down 495 all the time. And you're literally training this person how to drive a bus. It, it was like a van. I was like, what is happening here? Like, I thought they were going to be like, I thought I would see like legit school buses going down the street with like someone in fatigues, like this is like a little VHS van and they're getting trained to drive. I'm like, I was it's like, like a bunch of old people go to the casino and that's exact. It looks like the bat bus. It was like a, it was yeah. like a smaller bat bus. I'm like, I why did you enact were, them to drive a bat bus? They were in full uniform. So I, I got a kick out of it because I saw, I saw the MP armband on, on many of them. And, and I, I just said to you like off air, I said, you know, a lot of these places went from you know, defund the police to military police driving your kids to school. Right. Oh my God. The kids must love it. I mean, I, I bet the kids look, like, get a kick out of it. Um, oh, I mean, they just definitely have something to talk about now, but it's like people get back to work. I bet you they're paying you mad money. So all you people out there who say you can't find a job, I bet you'll be paid handsome, handsomely right now to be a bus driver. I feel bad though for like, for the, the guardsmen, because so as you know, like most of these people probably haven't been de- deployed in a while at this point, they all have day jobs, right? So can you imagine you signed up, you signed up for the guard, you know, you wanted to protect your, your state, your, and serve your country as well. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you're at your, your construction job 
and the governor says that you have to leave your job to go drive kids to school. Yeah. God damn. And, and I, I can't imagine they're going to not catch much heat for it. You know, I mean, oh. guardsmen enough got enough heat for being <laughs> right, guardsmen. No, I... And now they're school bus drivers. So, I mean, if they ever, you know, do get deployed to, to an actual place, you know, hopefully there's no, no war anytime soon, but you never know. Like, yeah. I hope that these people aren't remembered for being school bus drivers. Uh, no, no, definitely not. It's like the replace or like the replacement officials. I remember, remember they had like some D3 officials or they had some guy that was doing like what seven on seven football. Like, yeah, it's all like, that's the equivalent uh, you have here. It's like you're over in, you know, the Middle East and God knows where. And it's like, oh, where was your last deployment? I drove a school bus in Lawrence. <laughs> Drove a stripper, a stripper bus. In yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Midwest. We'll do uh, Indiana. So I'm going to read this headline and then I'm going to kind of elaborate because it's it's a little bit difficult to follow word for word here. So mm-hmm. a woman was arrested after driving drunk to her husband's drunk driving crash, and she crashed into her husband's car at the scene. So just so we're clear here, this woman's husband got in a DUI accident or DUI situation where she was coming to see him. She arrives and then plows into his car. So this is 55-year-old Cheryl Ricketts. That was a quality white trash name. Uh, this is in what Interstate 64, Posey County, Indiana, around 8.30 at night. So her husband is under the influence of alcohol calls her to let her know what's going on. She shows up and plows into his car. Now they were both trashed. So she had a blood alcohol of 0.22. Her husband, Donald had a blood alcohol of 0.28. I'm going to read some of the details because this is, this is also fantastic here. Uh, a preliminary investigation indicated that Donald Ricketts was driving north a short distance from his home when he veered into the southbound lane and struck the driver's side of a tractor trailer. He then allegedly contacted his wife to pick him up at the crash site. Jeff, this is a decent mugshot. She's definitely not a looker. <laughs> what did you make of this situation? So, I mean, for the record, before I start this, because I, you know, a little bit of cancel culture these days. I don't find it funny that people drive drunk. I think it's stupid. What I will say is I find it funny that your husband says, Hey, I just, I'm in an accident. Come get me and you're cocked. You probably know he's been drinking all day and you decide to get into a vehicle. And then the only reason they find out, well, they probably would have found out if once you got out of the car and smelt you, but you, you, you ram your vehicle into his causing this whole thing. So the DUI is not funny, but the whole things around it, was hilarious um and like you said this lady looks like i mean i'm surprised they just said alcohol in her system it looks like some uh meth meth might have been oh we, we may have to previous. wait for the uh maybe the the blood test i don't know if this was off a of, maybe off a of breath flies we may have to wait for a further testing to find out what other substances may have been yeah. in the system of the ricketts family you know <laughs> It's great when you see there's a three car accident and two thirds of the vehicles are from the same household. It's really quite impressive here. This is just such a Midwest thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I might catch some heat for that because I have some friends in the Midwest, but this just seems like such a Midwest thing, especially Indiana. This if it wasn't Florida, 
I probably, my first guess, you know, if you said, all right, it's not Florida, it's the Midwest. So Ohio is probably my first guess. And then I'm probably going Indiana second here. Would if, if yeah, you gave me a certain amount of hints, right? That's a good, that's a good ranking. I, I would agree with that. Cause I call, I call Ohio the Florida of the Midwest. And so there's, oh, you know, Ohio is bad. Indiana, I don't know what the equivalent of Indiana is like maybe like Alabama, maybe, or something like Arkansas. <laughs> Ohio, the whole the whole state of Ohio would be an absolute wreck if it wasn't for Ohio State pretending to be good for half a season and, and then plummeting. But if they had no Ohio State, it would be totally anarchy in that entire state. If you, um, Jeff, if you click on the press release from the Indiana State Police that's in here, um, it brings like her full mug shot. And I'll give her credit. It looks like she was wearing a seatbelt because she's got a huge burn mark right across <laughs> her chest. So it's good, uh, oh, good for Cheryl this. for uh, buckling up. Uh, thankfully, the the driver of the semi was not injured. Obviously, I mean he probably barely even knew he was hit. I'm, I'm guessing if yeah, you know, you're driving that type of vehicle. But uh, this is really just one of those magnificent magnificent stories coming out of the Midwest, and we appreciate them gifting this content to us. Yeah, that is a good burn. I see that now. <laughs> I like how they have to say like they're presumed innocent until proven guilty, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it just like, I think it's pretty obvious. I, I'm assuming the police's dash cam caught this whole thing. It, mu- it must have gone. I don't think so, because if he called that. So, Jeff, it's interesting to mention that because I was trying to put the timeline. He, he called he called her, though. So he, they must he must have been trying to bail. Before was this the kind of like got, a got there. Like a, true. I was thinking more of like a hope, like a podunk town, like, hey, call your wife and you can go home. Kind of See, thing. I don't think that's because he caused an accident. And this is on the interstate. Like this, True. the Indiana State Police were responding on like the highway. So I my thought, is, like, I think this happened. His car is probably incapacitated from hitting a semi. Actually, it, it was because actually it, it does say both. I read another article. Both vehicles were totaled. It said oh. so he calls her i think he's trying to flee that's why he calls her because the police aren't going to let you call your wife after you had a dui and you've totaled your your vehicle and hit another you're not going home without you're leaving in bracelets in 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 my mind he called her then they showed up because in my mind all of a sudden at left to right she she see a car i think she got there before the before the police i think she even got there because it says he was a short distance from home because when the police when the state police showed up it said that there was, you know, they saw, they learned, they saw three parties and then they found out that they were husband and wife. Oh my God. I That's love true. it. Uh, keep, keep it going, Indiana. Keep it going. <laughs> All right, Jeff, on to national sports. We're going to do some football. Let's first start out with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I think many people are still following in, in our area for obvious reasons. And if, you know, if you watch them, you know, obviously last year and then this year, there is a glaring hole. And it's really only one place, and that is cornerback. So there was a report the other day that was acknowledged indeed by the Bucks that they have reached out to cornerback Richard Sherman. Now, at face value, at first, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, it's a, that's a no-brainer. Because, you know, if you've watched what's happened so far, Sean Murphy Bunting like snapped his arm or whatever. That was disgusting. That was bad. And I think arguably he was probably their best corner because he could play inside and outside. And then they've then fallen to to other injury issues with 
the other corners. So Carlton Davis had a hamstring, but like still played in the Atlanta game. And then uh, Jamel Dean, I think was also injured at some point as well. And so they basically at this point have guys that aren't even corners playing. Ross Cockrell is basically a safety and he's terrible. And then Mike Edwards is a safety and is playing. So when I saw like, oh, Richard Sherman, that's that's a no-brainer. Then I remembered that Richard Sherman had that complete and utter mental breakdown and quite frankly, probably shouldn't be playing football ever again. So as you and I were talking about off, off the air, when this happened, like, I think a lot of us thought like, okay, is this like a CTE related thing? Like it was just not a good situation. It was on, obviously a lot of it, it was on like a ring camera, right. Or whatever the yep. incident where he was breaking down the door and threatening to kill his father-in-law, I believe was the the gist of it. And then yep. after that, was it after or before is when he then like hit a guardrail and had some sort of drunken accident the same evening. Yep. They found his car in like some parking lot. All, all and then I think down. he was, was he threatening to kill himself or something too? I think there that was, was, that was, it was not was good. The, day. Like whether or not you like Richard Sherman, like it was very concerning, especially for someone that at least is somewhat intelligent and can speak. And, you know, again, whether or not you agree with what he says is another story, but at the very least, like he's one of the more articulate players. So uh, now I'm like, okay, with Antonio Brown and some of the other things that they have in place here, like, Having Richard Sherman, I just feel like is not a distraction that a team like this that just won the Super Bowl, like I feel like the tiniest thing could just throw things off as much as they really need a corner. What do you make of this situation? So both Richard Sherman and then obviously the fact they need to bring somebody in. Uh, so I agree with you. I mean, I think quarterback is a glaring need that that quarterback is terrible. I'm just kidding. See what I did there. That's a little Tom Brady dig. Uh, no, <laughs> but they definitely need a corner. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I get the idea of having Richard Sherman. Like he's not as not as fast as he was. Not, I mean, it wasn't a tough year last year, but like you could see things are different. Like he he's he's older, you know. So, I mean, the the idea of bring him in would definitely fit a, a role, uh, fit fit a hole, excuse me. And I think it would be a good idea. Unfortunately, because of things that transpired. Like we just said, with the in-laws, the car, just the whole, just the breakdown in general. Uh, just for his sake, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't touch that with a ten-foot pole. Um, I don't feel like he'd be a guy that'd be like a locker room cancer or anything. Uh, so I don't think it'd be in that regard. Like I don't think he'd bring down the team, but I just, I think for his own, you know, yeah, I think he'd be fine on from a personal standpoint. I think he'd be fine on that particular roster because I, I think that they're so dialed in, like they're not gonna and. You know, I think from mostly, I think he's probably was probably well liked by most of his teammates at the very least, at least historically. What yeah. so what do they do though if it's not because clearly, like if they're looking at Richard Sherman, they are clearly concerned with the position. Yeah. So like my, one thing I saw, like I think it was right before the season started, the Houston traded Bradley Roby to the saints for like a third round pick. And I don't, you know, I, I, I assume they didn't want, want to pay that, but I don't know how they patch this up though. At, at this juncture, we're going into what week three here. So what, like if you, let's say like they're, they, you know, they're matching up again against the chiefs 
in the Super Bowl, right? Yep. How do you how do you make that work again? <laughs> well, if we wait a couple of weeks, uh, a guy named Stephen Gilmore, uh, Stefan Gilmore, excuse me, might be available. I, I know Bill. I think it'd be a cold day in hell before Bill. Tra- yeah. Bill, <laughs> Bill would literally kill Stefan Gilmore before he would trade him to True. the Bucks. I think. I mean, it's hard to say what they can. I mean, they're gonna have to obviously make a trade. Uh, I mean, that's pretty apparent. It's, I think you're gonna be picking up people off the scrap heap, personally. I yeah, I mean, I, I mean to be effective. Like I, I remember back. <laughs> I, I know this is so long ago. I'm like, oh, football's changed. But like, I remember when we used to just like constantly for years, the Patriots would pick up Hank Poteet at a, some construction site in New York, and like three days later he'd be playing. Like I'm not saying he was an all pro cornerback or anything, but like he was pretty. I would say he's a he was pretty serviceable. And there's other cases of other teams doing the same thing. And I feel like you don't see that as much anymore uh, unless I'm just forgetting someone, but um, Richard Sherman's only 33, by the way, which is surprising. I thought he was older. Really? Yeah. I knew he's like mid there. I I thought he was 35 to be honest, but Oh no, no, sorry. He he said he wanted to play until he was 35. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't go to Richard Sherman. Me personally, like I think he's kind of a douche. Like, Oh yeah. No, no, no doubt. But I think there's no denying that the man can play. And I, I still think he's got well. Let's put this: I he definitely can help that team. Oh, 100. Like I said, I mean, I don't like him personally. I mean, he doesn't do a lot of off the field. Like, there's a man behind like the helmet in his case. So I've I've actually been coming around to him more recently, um, even before this incident. But like, you read about his charitable donations. Um, I remember he went to like, you know, uh, with Marshawn Lynch like hand out turkeys and stuff. So like, he is a good guy. Like, he is like off the field like he has his persona as like this like arrogant person mm-hmm. uh, so i wish the best for him i mean it would be good to see him again just as a football fan alone i would love to see richard sherman again but i think for health reasons like i think it's not uh the word i'm thinking of i don't think it's even really right at this point for the bucks to even be calling him like unless something's changed drastically and like he's been you know, something behind the scenes where like doctors were involved and said he's good to go. Like, maybe I think like, they would have to be right. Like, so I think from reality, maybe he's a mental and maybe he needed to be on medicine for something mental. Maybe it's not CT. Maybe it's like some mental disorder. Like, a, I don't, I don't know, but I just don't, I mean, I would hope they would do their diligence just, just for his sake, you know, um, and not just throw him out there to. I'll tell you what, that team would be even more, like, it's already like, appointment viewing as it is to watch the bucks like <laughs> throwing richard german on that team just makes it even more interesting well exactly i mean it's about ratings too i mean they want the you know football they've already increased heard- did you see how much they've increased the value of that team basically since brady's already joined them i have increased really, it by like half a billion dollars just a billion right yeah so i know i mean it's and like let's be honest we've heard plenty of stories of players saying it's all about money they don't really care about us blah 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 that's what worries me about this like they're not actually looking at his mental his health. They're just looking at what they need to go for a two peat. So, um, I hope they just do the right thing. Go off the scrap heap. I mean, you t- you have a stacked offense. Just just keep scoring the points. You know, <laughs> like figure out something else. Uh, leave the guy alone unless for some reason he was cleared. Staying with the injury topic, Jeff. It seemed like there was almost a record amount of key injuries just after week two this past week in particular it seemed like quite a few quarterbacks and other notable play notable players um we're recording right now 
during the Carolina and Houston game, and Davis Mills is starting for Tyrod Taylor. In this game, Tyrod Taylor, I believe, is out for at least three. The new IR is with three weeks now, so he'll he'll miss at least you know that amount of game, that amount of game. So Davis Mills, I think what they take him the was that the fourth round or so? Fourth round, fourth fourth or fifth. And so Davis Mills didn't play too much at Stanford. That was somebody that was you know was linked to the the Patriots potentially. Um, I think we talked, we addressed that at length when we were trying to pick quarterbacks and, and all of that, but Carson, Carson Wentz, it like Jeff, if I told you that, a, that a player this past week sprained both ankles in the game and I gave you one guess had Carson Wentz had to have been one of the top, like two answers, right? Oh yeah. yeah that guy how, how, how brings fragile that? to a new record. I, I wonder I how, even, I couldn't how do you even say that straight face. Like, yeah, he has two sprains. It was like, it was a, weren't they both high ankle sprains? Too, I, don't, I believe. I don't know. Like, it's funny that they were even By the, the way, same. He, he had ankle surgery this summer. Most of the yeah. summer, he was rehabbing ank- from an ankle injury. Yeah, because he, he wasn't surgery. even expected, expected to start the season at one point. He was supposed to be out for the first yeah, couple he, weeks. Yeah, I didn't he, think. Yeah, I think back. for a while they didn't think they were going to have him or Quentin Nelson to start the season. And turns out they somehow miraculously did but you think he's actually has two sprint i don't we don't want to have to dive nothing surprises me with with carson once anymore like nothing like is he like fret you think he's rattled or something and they're like some pr guys like yep double sprained ankles because it just sounds ridiculous though like what what i'm saying how does that happen i don't well we need any doctors that watch this can you please uh message me or brad have you ever seen the double it couldn't uh, happen on the same play right (laughs) Uh, was he jumping? What, what, what was he? Was he doing bunny hops? And like, I, I don't. So let's uh, move on uh, to some uh, other quarterbacks because so another fragile quarterback to a Tonga Vailoa is ugh. is also out. He got smoked. I was so say, he at least shot. at least to a, like when I saw that, I'm like, all right, get the stretcher out. Yeah, You're lucky he's not playing at a funeral for him. He, yeah, he week. earned he earned that one. But I feel I do feel bad. Like they get a protect. So you already knew you had to protect him, and that was that's an issue for them, and clearly is going to be an issue. Is and so Tua has a similar reputation, and at least in the NFL, like like Wentz says about being fragile. But I mean, I, I think you and I both would have been getting scraped up too after that one. So yeah, I think he has what a cracked rib. I think is what ended up happening i think yeah and that was like in my mind that was like best case scenario oh yeah i, yeah. I thought it was gonna be a, i thought it was a drew Bledsoe situation i thought there's gonna be some lungs yeah they're gonna have lung to be issues draining some fluid out of the chest cap yeah, yeah exactly i thought i thought i thought it, when i saw that hit live i thought best case that was the like so i sent this that like a bunch best, of, i said on case. twitter like the, the video cut and i was like sending that's it to me yeah the video cut the one you sent me i was like oh when you look at that like over and over it's like Best case, this dude's lungs punctured, but luckily he he survived. Uh, he escaped with less, but so he's going to miss some time. So our old friend Jacoby Brissett will be taking over there. Andy Dalton is hurt, and he's. I feel like he's been hurt a bunch of times. Also, that that might be best case scenario to be honest with you. Although that team, I like Justin Fields. I feel like probably should have been playing, but. My whole problem with that whole scenario anyway was the fact that Andy Dalton was starting and he was like the third best quarterback on the roster. To me personally, I thought Nick Foles should have been the starter there. I don't know why he hasn't been moved, especially with all the teams like that need quarterbacks. I still feel like Nick Foles is a a really good option. 
Um, but it looks like they are going to roll with Justin Fields. So we'll see what happens there. I, I kind of think that he's not in a great situation either, though. No, I'm, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Bears. It's it just we need to have a five-hour show for the Bears. I, well, I think it's me. Like, remember when Mitch Trubisky like first started? They couldn't like they basically just had him run around. Remember when he like played the Patriots? He he just ran all over the place to keep them in games for a while. And right, and that's I think the just, issue. I think Fields is more talented than, than Trubisky, but like it's not an overly talented team in general. No, I mean, I I, I don't think I don't really think Justin Fields should be starting. I mean, I'm like kind of old school when it comes to like rookie quarterback should sit there for a year and learn. Cause like, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, it, I don't feel I know every year we get hyped up about some quarterback and they become just a schlub. And it's probably because they're on a shitty team, like the jets or the bears or, you know, Jags, you can insert a million teams in this. Uh, yep. uh, ooh, I almost said the, the no, no word, the football team. I almost yes. called them the, nope. the, uh, the other name I can't mm-hmm. say. But um, I, I just like what, what what happened to the day where they just sit there and learn for a year so they know what to do and like I don't even like I mean Patriot situation I, I hated Cam Newton so I'm okay with Mac Jones starting but in a in a in best case scenario I would have had the Patriots trade for someone like Nick Foles and have oh, Mac Jones sit there for a year. Jarrett Stidham wasn't like cripple like you could have even rolled with him for a few weeks if you had to. <laughs> yeah, so like so it's it's not anything you know. It's for every rookie quarterback. I don't think you should start. I, I think it can really damage you. Look at, you know, moving on to the Browns. So Baker Mayfield left the game with a shoulder injury and then did re-enter the game. They've been without Odell Beckham for two weeks. I don't know if he's coming back. And now Jarvis Landry's on IR as well with a knee issue. So like another team that they like, they finally had. I feel like had turned a corner. And then we're now back and like the, the poor Browns just cannot catch a break. No, <laughs> like, and especially, I mean, Landry, I believe uh, he's been pretty, he hasn't had many injuries in his career. So like, that was surprising. And what I've heard, it's like only a three week, like he should be good to go, which is good news for them. But um, yeah, that's not, that's thanks. Ben Roethlisberger is hurt supposedly uh i think it's a triceps or something some sort of muscular injury it looks like he's going to play but they've also had an abundance of injuries i know tj watt was out and they hit a bunch of people that would had groin injuries for some reason there which which is odd um and then they lost tyson alulu the defensive tackle to an ankle for the rest of the year so more injuries there that's a team that well, wow. the way like Roethlisberger obviously is a better option, but like I st- I'd like to see something else there, whether it's Rudolph or whatever else is um, on the roster now. So I would be curious to see how that functions. I think TJ Watt is probably a bigger part than than Roethlisberger though at this point. I mean, arguably the best defensive player in the league right now. Yeah. Uh, oh, quick thing I forgot to say. Did you see Mayfield's one arm block? against the Texans no, when he got no, hurt. I didn't see I'll have to send you the link. He literally puts his arm like it's in a sling and he just grabs this guy and like pushes him down and goes, I buried you. Like you hear him on it's camera, it picks up. So I'll just send it to you. But um, it's Dwayne Robert, Haskins, by the way, I think is the third quarterback, right? In yep, Pittsburgh. he's still there. Um, I mean, he gets beat up by his girlfriend. So like he, he's, uh, he might be fragile these days too. <laughs> so 
Um, Stab Jeffrey. <laughs> oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> I, I, I forgot it was not just punches. Um, the Roethlisberger thing, that one was like kind of, I mean, he's older. He's, he's always had injuries. I mean, going back to Miami of Ohio and stuff, you know, like he was, he was banged up. Um, that one was surprising. Cause I don't know if you heard the Tomlin's interview. He, he didn't know he was injured. No right? idea. He yeah. had no idea how he got injured. So <laughs> like, were you hiding it? Like, is it real? Like, it, I mean, for whatever you want to say about Tomlin, he's usually very dialed into the team. He might not be the best coach in the world, but he usually has the locker room and stuff. So that was that was very weird. Like, oh yeah, I don't know how he got it. So that's a team that cannot afford to get injured. I, Deontay Johnson got hurt in that game too. I don't know what the situation is, and that was the same game too. That that was interesting. Trey Turner got ejected because somebody like spit in his face, and then he like flipped out. Oh yeah, yep. I don't blame him, but. They, they already no. have a ton of guys banged. Isn't Joe Hayden hurt too? I, they have like Hayden, a bunch of Hayden people. Did, yeah. Um, I think we covered the quarterbacks, but like just also, I think like Amari Cooper is hurt. I don't know if he's playing. Um, I don't know, there's a lot. There's just so many big time players. Uh, Bradley Chubb, defensive end for the Broncos. Dalvin Cook limped off in the fourth quarter. I, he's had perpetual ankle issues. He still usually plays, but like, He's always limping around. There's just a growing amount of injuries. I feel like Jeff over the last few years. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what to attribute that to. Is it, do you think it's less because they have less contact now they have less training camp and all of that. Do you think that plays into some of this? So I was going to ask you that question as well, because in my thought process, so also the, the 49ers have no running back. So just I'll throw that no. in there too. Like the top four are hurt. So or hurt. Yeah. They're in trouble. Um, I was thinking that myself because, like you said, injuries have definitely been on the rise the last couple of years, but I feel like this week just seems like way more, just maybe it's, maybe it's just the names, but it seems like this is like one of the worst weeks in a couple of years, but I, I agree that the last couple of years have been bad. I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I think the contact uh, definitely plays a role in it. I think this year, maybe the, the three preseason games for most teams, because they had a lot of time off because I mean, as much you as guys, you guys away for a while. Yeah. I mean, as much as it sucks for, you know, millionaires get hit. I mean, there's not, no way to build up everything to get smacked in the mouth by not, not, not your teammate, but someone that actually wants to inflict pain on you. It's a little different getting tackled sure. by a teammate, some guy that's, you know, trying to make a roster and wants to, you know, sever you in half. So we've come uh, a long way from two a day full contact. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think that's a big thing. I mean, you can do all the strength training and all that, but, like, it doesn't matter when it – like, it does matter. I shouldn't say that. That matters coming into the game, but you getting hit, how you get hit, how you fall, like, those things really – and, like, this preseason, like, I watched a couple games that weren't Patriots, like, you know, that were on, you know, like Amazon or something. Sure. And, like, I mean, the the best players on the team – teams like they weren't playing they didn't play at all they may, they may played a half of the first game they didn't play the second or the third and then they had two weeks off and then the right in the game action it just i mean i like the three weeks preseason because like i just want football to start but i'm real i i think i'm on team team four games again because like i hated the two-week gap i think it's going to hurt the play on the field at least in the beginning of the year because they're going to be you know so I saved the best for last Jeff is the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So oh, Derek Carr, 
another quarterback. He's questionable. It looks like he's going to go. But the reason I bring this up is because I really just want to see Nathan Peterman back on the field again. And that is the only other quarterback on, on their roster. So it's, it's Derek Carr and Nathan Peterman. And I, Nathan Peterman has just been like a running joke, especially between me and my brother, my brother for like a long time. And so another team that has injury issues. So um, Mariota is on IR as well. Somehow he injured a quad before the, before the year even started. <laughs> they also had issues again. So Regian Cognito was out, I believe last week. He's their starting left guard. Alex Leatherwood got hurt, their rookie Alabama tackle, right yep. tackle, right? And then Jermaine Illuminor, by the way, is their starting right guard. So that just tells you as it is how kind of thin things are. Josh Jacobs missed the game. Like, they have some issues. They have some major issues. Uh, I don't know how Nathan Peterman's still in the league. <laughs> he must have some pictures of someone. Gruden likes him a lot for, like, he had a lot. Now, listen, it couldn't have been any worse than when he was in Buffalo. It was, wasn't <laughs> no. it like his debut? Didn't he, didn't he throw four picks in like the first half of his first game or whatever? Like or five, you literally yeah. can't get any worse than that. No, I guess the sky's <laughs> the limit after that. But um, yeah, I want to see Peterman play. I think he should play. I don't yeah, hope Carr gets hurt, but I hope Peterman gets in at some point. I, I kind of like him rooted. Like I know like Gruden rubs some people the wrong way. I happen to enjoy him. And I, I do like tender root for them for some reason. I, I don't know why. I, I guess I do think Derek Carr is, is better than maybe he's gotten credit for. And they've had some bad luck in the past too with, you know, it and it's happening again now with injuries, but um, you know, they've had some people come out of the woodwork and kind of, it was it Brian Edwards, the receiver had a pretty good game that week, the, the win against Baltimore. And then Henry Ruggs finally showed up last week. So and then, you know, Darren Waller is a top three tight end in football. So they have something they get to, they get to protect the quarterback. That's, that's the main thing I think for them. Yeah. I mean, I, so just to quick, quickly, I like Jay Gruden as well. John, John, well John, I, where is Jay? I don't know where Jay Gruden is Jay, these days, by the way. I'll, I'll have to look it up for it. You know, we'll, we'll get back to that. I think he's a coordinator somewhere. Somewhere. I like John Gruden. I think you like him and I'm probably why I like him too. Cause he's like one of the last like old school quarterbacks, like, quarterbacks Jeez. you tell this is episode, episode one he's one of the, the last true coaches there like those hard nose like you hear stories about him like I, everyone I, I i suggest they go back to way back in the day when he was the tampa coach about the chris sims situation uh that was hilarious you know when chris sims got married went on vacation told gruden about it he was gonna be gone for two weeks and like five days in gruden was blowing up his phone while he was in italy and told him to get his ass back because they had stuff to do it's just like it was so funny um but yeah brother like, jay is unemployed by the way after <laughs> the jaguars cleaned house last year so oh, no, that's if anyone needs a, an offensive coordinator jay gruden is available on to local sports we're gonna start with the bruins but i really don't have too much to talk about but i did want to mention because this happened back on august 23rd when we were on our hiatus of recording um, former Bruin Jimmy Hayes passed away suddenly and tragically on the 23rd of August. And I just, I wanted to mention that because Jimmy meant a great deal to Boston and Dorchester neighborhood in, in particular, you know, and he also played at Boston college, played for the Bruins and, you know, his death and him as a person, I know impacted a lot of people and, 
I just I wanted to just mention that. And the other day, his family had submitted a a, a thank you letter, and I just wanted to read a, an excerpt uh, from that. Uh, it was very well written and very impactful. And I, I just want to mention just just a real piece of this. It said, first and foremost, the outpouring of love from neighbors and friends, sending words of comfort, food, et cetera, checking on us daily and offering support still continue today. Our Dorchester community is a community unlike any other anywhere. It is in times of tragedy and crisis when Dorchester rallies in a unique way to take any possible burden off the shoulders of the hurting. Our family is in awe of how relatives, friends, neighbors, former teammates, and many, many others reached out to tell us stories of Jimmy's kindness, generosity, and friendly wit. Even complete strangers shared stories of how Jimmy impacted their lives and changed them for the better, end quote. So I, Jeff, I know Jimmy will be greatly missed in the community, locally, also the hockey community. There were, you know, there were players that not on the Bruins that also I know had showed, showed up, including P.K. Subban, um, I know was there and, and some other people, but it just shows you like just down from like anybody in the neighborhood to, to, you know, people at the highest level of the NHL, you know, Jimmy had an impact on, uh, did you have anything at all that you wanted to say about Jimmy? Uh, well, brief. I mean, it, it obviously the condolences to his family, of course. I mean, this is, it was a big shock. Uh, you broke the news to me that day that, you know, he, he had passed. Uh, and even, I, I know that, of course, for Dorchester itself, like he was, you know, he was the guy, but I think like his reach not only extended, you know, would not only was in Dorchester, but extended out of the outside. I mean, I knew about him growing up. I mean, it was so cool, you know, you know, even, I mean, he's not that much, he's my age, but like to see someone from Boston, like he was like that, you know, to see him on the Bruins and like where he came from, what he did, um, he was definitely an inspiration. And, and, and you hear the stories you said, PK Subban, there's a couple more, just the impact he made. So it's, it was very, very sad. Uh, but it just, it, it was a great way. I think, you know, what we've heard, it was a great way to keep his legacy going. Cause I, you know, no, he's no longer with us, but like he definitely made an impact on a lot of people's lives, you know, for forever. So. Absolutely. It's good to hear. Uh, just one last. So we're going to get, we'll get more into the Bruins in, in the coming weeks. So I just did want to mention training camp did start uh, this past Tuesday. And so they have, the rosters are available. You can check them out online, but uh, it's still, I think, really early to even speculate on a lot of lineups and and some of the new players and things like that. We'll get into that in the, in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and in saying that, I, a similar situation for the Celtics. So I know the Celtics made some trades. They signed some people, but that situation is, is very fluid still. We still don't even know how the lineup's going to be configured. I don't even know if they're done yet either, Jeff. So We'll hold off on the Celtics uh, for a couple of weeks as well. I know the NBA starts, surprisingly, NBA starts after hockey does. So there's still a lot of time for us to get into that. So nothing really to discuss at this point regarding the Celtics. On to the Red Sox. So a lot has transpired, I guess, since we last spoke, Jeff. Fortunately, I guess, things have gotten better as of late. So it looks like they are going to make the wild card. Um, we have six games left is what we're looking at, right? We got three against New York, the Yankees, yep. and then three against Baltimore. Right now, if the season ended today, it would be the Yankees at 
the Red Sox for the one game wild card. So they have the Red Sox as a 98.7% chance of making the postseason. So unless they have an absolute epic collapse here, it looks like they're going to win at least 90 games when they are going to the postseason, which in and of itself is amazing. Like when, before the season started, Jeff, we were not very optimistic at all. No. And then they had that hot start where they were, you know, the best team in baseball for a while. And then Heim Bloom took a lot of criticism um, right after the trade deadline, including from people like myself, you know, I was calling for his firing and, and all of these things, but, so right now it looks like they are going to the postseason. They most likely will host the wild card. Do do we owe Heim Bloom a little bit of an apology, given that we were ready to put this guy's head on a spike and if we didn't even think that they were going to win seventy games, let alone ninety plus? Uh, so I'm going to still I'm I'm still going no. Um, I think a lot of luck was involved in this. I think Bobby Dolback turned around. Um, it wasn't. So here's the thing though, Jeff. Right? It's not just Bobby Dolback. I'm going to drop some numbers on you and you can tell me how you feel about it. Yep. These are, these are numbers since the trade deadline. Kyle Schwarber is batting 297 with a 971 OPS. So he was brought in. Bobby Dahlbeck is hitting 315 with an 1124 OPS. You're on rookie of the month and is one of the best hitters in baseball during that time. Jose Iglesias, who they brought back off the scrap heap, is not eligible for the postseason, but is hitting 378 with a 1074 OPS. They have him playing second. And I don't know if you saw that play the other night. The he's a damn magician. Yep. Travis Shaw, who they brought in, who was basically m- missing, is has a 908 OPS. The scrub pitchers that we didn't like, Hansel Robles and Austin Davis in September have 14 appearances, 11 innings pitched, a 0.00 ERA with a 0.82 whip, 15 strikeouts. This is courtesy of Jared Carabas. You you can't get lucky on that many things like Jeff, though. And so that's why yeah, I think like... But how long is this going to last? I don't think this is going to last. They're going to employ. Sure, but These like, aren't real players. But the people that were complaining about that we should have brought Anthony Rizzo, like that, you can't, you can't even say that. Like it's a, that's a joke. I mean, you can because he's an actual baseball player. And Dolbeck is a flash in the pan that's going to eventually at, sizzle. But how can you look at those numbers and say that they should have brought in Anthony Rizzo? Not to mention the fact that Bobby Dolbeck somehow figured out how to play first base also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just which think is even very more, Which is even more impressive. Because Austin Davis and Robles sucked in blue when they first came here. Sure. So eventually they will suck in blue. They were again. free, though. Like... <laughs> Yeah, but see, the problem is with High and Bloom is he's so cheap. And, like, yeah, you get these players that are flashing now. Like, you know, if you want... Kyle Schwarber mashes. The problem with Kyle Schwarber was the fact that he didn't really have a position. Yeah, that was stupid. Uh, Why why get a guy that doesn't have a position? The other thing, though, don't forget, half the team had COVID. So the fact that they actually were able to sustain this winning streak, or whatever you want to call it, is a minor... like, And then patch it up with all these players... I feel like they deserve some credit. I don't know. I just like, what are you going to do? How are you going to put all your best hitters in the lineup? One point, oh, one time. Well, there's going to be an issue, obviously. But yeah, so it's stupid. Well, he's it, stupid. It, yeah, but <laughs> the problem you have, right, is if you go to the World Series and like you figure it out then. Yeah. Until then, you play like, in the, until then, you play in the American League and it doesn't matter. No, if you told they're me, they're not a good like, fielding team anyway. No, 
I mean, no, if you like, told me like, hey, do you want to give him credit for Hunter Renfro? I would say, yeah. Because that we didn't was, even talk about Hunter Renfro. That was a goddamn bargain. For the guy like leads the league in outfield assists and is just mashing bombs all over the place. Yeah. So if you were to say, if you let off with that, I'd say yeah. But the other ones, I just like. I've just given you a list of like eight people. Yeah, but it's all going to fail in the end. I'm trying to. I, I, don't, I don't really what, care. What, what is a failure? We we didn't even think that they were going to win. How many games did you tell me they were? Fifty. Yeah, but then you I get think to the I trade said, deadline. I think I said seventy. Yeah, but you get to the trade deadline, you're the best team in the league. You should have loaded but up you, with actual real talent. But if you not look, this trashy, hold on though, it's trash though. What compared to what? If they were in the AL Central, they would have won the division. If they were in the NL Central, they could win the division. If they're in the NL East, they would win the division. Yeah, but they've sucked for months, and now they're just getting getting hot again. But, but hold on, when they, they went from number did, one. Didn't in you the, think that? The, but no one ever thought that that was sustainable. You knew they were going to level. You knew they were going to level out. I didn't think they'd plummet to maybe making the playoffs. That's a far fall. They're not from maybe. Grace. They're not. They're not. It's a ninety-eight point seven percent chance of making the playoffs to a play-in game. So. That's a big fall from grace okay, in the All Star. But hold on, on, the only reason though that they're in that position though is because Tampa has ninety-four wins right now. Like I just said, the, the Chicago do it? the Chicago White Sox just clinched the division. They've won eighty-five games. How did Tampa do it? Do they trade for anyone? Is that comparable to anything though? Like that you've ever seen? Like when, look at like no, I'm just like look around the league, think... right? They're they've won three games more than Houston, who's going to win the, the AL West. They the Atlanta Braves are going to win the NL East. They've won 80 games, Jeff. Other than other than San Francisco and LA, which have a payroll that makes the Rays look like a soup kitchen. <laughs> Like, I don't think that's fair. Be just be like, that is an anomaly. What the Rays have done, like, is going is going to be like in books. True. I just, so I, I feel know. like, shouldn't we be, if you're the, you're the Red Sox, right? How about look at the Yankees, right? They've, they've won two games less than you, and you're probably going to host them. Isn't that a better comparison? Or Houston, use Houston, no, I mean, for example. I just think that if you're, if you're arguably, one of the best teams in the league at a certain time. Now I know that I, I, I assume there'd be a regression, but at that trade deadline, you were one of the best teams. I would have opened up that checkbook and I would have gotten anyone I could to improve this team. I wouldn't have picked up Austin Davis or Robles. But who, free, who could you have gotten that would have been better than the, than what I just named off when I mentioned the numbers that, you know, the likes of, you know, like Bobby Dahlback and, and company have. I mean, like I short- would take Chris Bryan. I would take, but see, I'm doing more long term as well. But who would you have brought in that would have made a di- that would have been made you better than you are, right as of today? That, as of that's now, what I'm statistically now. But this has been six right. weeks. It's been more than six weeks since the trade deadline. But like, so this is a luck. And Dolbeck's going to say fail that it. somebody's lucky when this, like, when you had that, like, when you knew that you were going to level out. Like, so you went from being excellent to being terrible to being, I think, more so now what you should be in theory. Yeah. Or you but can, you're gonna or you can say that the yellow uniform said something to do with it. Cause that's what they seem to think right now. Right. I just don't think this is sustainable. You don't have enough. The, the, the talent that's the, doing the work for you is why not, not though? That's going to last for the rest of the year. Why not? Cause Dolbeck sucks. Does he though? He's, he's getting, hot. hold on, hold on. Take the dude. Rip, hold dude on. He has like nine walks this entire year. This dude, he just, have you seen what his on praise his on base is skyrocketed though. Even so I gave you the second yeah, half. We're playing baseball since April. He's had six okay. weeks. Hold on, hold on. So I gave you this. <laughs> you know? I gave you post trade deadline numbers. 
Do you know for the season, his OPS is still over 800. Okay. How many walks does he have? I don't know, but his on, if you look at his on base, it's dra- dramatically gone up throughout the season. He has been far more selective through the season. Like, I guess, why is it impossible that Bobby Dahlbeck can be better? Why, like he's playing more. Like they're lighting a fire for two. Here's two things, right? By mm-hmm. not bringing Listen. someone in to replace you, I feel like that instills some sort of confidence in you. And then what we're going to get to in a second, the fact that you have somebody knocking on the door in AAA that's ready to take your job next year. So like, if anything, like, I feel like Bobby Dalvac has plenty of motivation and I don't think it's unheard of for someone playing their first full season, essentially, that they can get better throughout the year. And Jeff, trust, I was calling I for Heim Bloom to be fired. I wanted Bobby Dalbeck in, in Worcester. So you're like, you're just not, like, like, you're talking to like, I'm not like someone that is like, Big time, like, oh, I love the, I love the numbers. I love high, like, cause that's not who I am. You know that. Yeah. Just like, I don't know. I don't, I just don't think I, it's just not a sure bet. Like I, I six just, like, weeks doesn't I, make up for the, we, the hundred, 200 we, plus games you've played like dog shit. We went from expecting to have a season where it was unwatchable to a team that seems somewhat likable over the last month and a half. And Quite frankly, like the, the whole yellow jersey thing, I kind of like. I like that they got behind something, and I just I feel like they just now that they're healthy after that that COVID nightmare, I feel like they're all on the they're on a they're on the same page as a team, and I I just like this is a best case scenario. We never thought that this was going to be a ninety win team going to the playoff and going to the play. We we had them dead and buried in what March. March, but then our and then my perception changed. So now, I mean, if they don't make the ALDS and at least put up a fight, it's disappointing. It's a but f- I wouldn't, a, but I wouldn't call it a failure either. Like I wouldn't call it going. They were into one of the best first, teams in the league halfway through the year. But pe- anything but other than ALDS, yeah, but a, like a competitive Tampa, ALDS. Tampa was the opposite though. Like what? teams go through teams peak at different times though, and that's how you end up with these results, right? Like you had, they had a, they had what, like eight game lead on Tampa at some point. The other thing too, yeah. Jeff, like Going this is into the, the har- second half. This is the hardest division. You have the Blue Jays are in fourth place, and they have eighty five wins, and they would have won other divisions. That team mashes. Yeah, I just feel like if you if you if you don't put up a fight, you're it's a fail. Yeah, your, but like your expectations change. You have the f- four of the best teams in the, in one division. Look at the mm-hmm. AL Central. The White Sox, like I said, are just clinched at 85 wins. No one else has a winning record in that whole division. It's garbage. You also have one of the biggest budgets in your division, too. You just refuse to use it. You have the second biggest budget behind the Yankees, who you're in front of, though. Yeah. All right. Let's move. <laughs> that you could easily lose to. Sure, you're but you could, I also correct. think you could beat Tampa, who is the best team that's in the a, division right that's now. That's a very – those are pretty even teams. I, I honestly think that they could beat anybody in the American League. Of, right. of the so teams if, of if, the teams left, the only you know what who scares me the most is actually Houston. Yeah, in the in the American League. What I'm saying is, if they go down swinging to Tampa in the second round, if they better win the play-in. But, but if the, they go the down Tampa, swinging against Tampa, I will I, I will consider this season a success. Sure. If they if they just lay down and get absolutely a, a, just annihilated by Tampa, then I'm like you you fail. That's I don't all. think that's going to be the case, though, because I feel like they were in the games that we watched, the, 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 at least the recent games against Tampa. Well, I mean, like if you get swept or something, like something, if, if you sure if that you would win not that feel good. I wouldn't like to get swept by anybody. That's a fail job. I would agree. But if they put up a fight and lose, I would still. But I care. Like, I would, we went going into the season, we're like, I, this was going to be like 
background noise like last season was like yeah. you do like chores around the house and the Red Sox games on. And I couldn't even tell you any of these clowns that were coming out of the bullpen. Like I'm invested. I actually care. It's definitely so exciting. I give them credit like, for that. All right. I just read they had more talent. We, so we what, can talk about this at length another time when they're, you know, so losing in the playing game. So. What I alluded to with Bobby Dahlbeck and looking over his shoulder. So Tristan Casas, who we've talked about on the program, the stud first baseman who played, 77 games in Portland this year was just called up to Worcester for the last few games of the season. So I actually got to see Tristan Casas in person a few weeks ago when Portland played at Manchester and Jeff, the man is, is looks like he's just chiseled out of stone. Absolute uh, unit. He looks like an NFL tight end. I, I have some pictures I'll share with you. Um, I was fortunate enough to be right behind home plate and the guy is, is just massive. Um, he had a streak that he had like five home runs in two games, like right after I saw him, like just dropping bombs all over the place, had an 879 OPS, but also I think maybe his most impressive um, part was playing for, for team USA in the Olympic qualifiers where he had a 960 OPS and I forgot who the coach was for that team. Oh, I think it's Mike social, wasn't it? Um, Mike Sosha, former Angels manager, had a lot of good things to say and was extremely impressed by, by Casas. And so you and I were just talking off the air about maybe selling high on Bobby Dahlbeck. The fact that Bobby's, what, going to be 26 next year, I think, and mm, probably is not, you know, the, where he's at right now, you're not going to get any higher. And, and Casas seems to be, you know, one of those guys that's going to be a surefire, uh, you know, major league player. So unfortunately, I don't think that Worcester is making the playoffs. It's a very odd, uh, each minor league level has different playoffs and they're very peculiar the way they work. I don't think they are going to be in the playoffs, but so, but they got them at least a few games in, in Worcester. What do you make of this? I guess more so as like overall. So again, like having a first baseman, is it like that way they don't have to go and spend money at that position because you have Bobby, here and then Tristan who obviously will be in spring training. Do you think that gives them some flexibility for next year, not having to spend a boatload of money at first base, given how bad it was the first half of the season? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I heard this on the radio and it kind of made sense to me too. Um, I think it gives them a little bit of ro- of roster flexibility, like depending on what Avenue they wanted to go next year. I mean, someone mentioned this, which isn't a bad idea, but they said probably Casas would probably be up you know, it's projected before, like right around when Duran was called up this year, but before, so maybe even before the all-star break um, for next year. So they were saying two or three months in. Yeah. Maybe you can do something where, which I, I liked because like, as much as I talk shit about Dahlbeck, I I see, I mean, he's an older, like young guy. Like this was his last shot, right? At 25 or what right now, this was his shot. It's just like some of his errors make me just want to just throw my TV out the window as well. But someone brought this up. They say, I mean, because Devers is a dumpster fire at third base. Make Devers the DH swing doll back back to third because that's his natural position. I heard he was very good over there. And then Casas at first, if you're keeping doll back, I mean, that they would have some solve. decisions to make. Get rid of Mar- Kyle Schwarber figures into that as well, potentially, if they want, if you want him to be the, quite frankly, I'd, I'd rather have Schwarber than because JD Martinez is definitely your on borrowed time. Whatever you can get out of JD Martinez right now, 
like to be honest with you, I'm surprised that I thought this was going to be a lot worse than it was that obviously last year was, was bad, but he was able to rebound a little bit, thankfully, but uh, yeah, I think they're going to have some decisions to make in that regards. And I don't know if they're going to, I think the way that Schwarber's played, I don't, he'll probably price himself out of, out of here unless they can unload JD Martinez. This is his opt out this year, the JD yes. Martinez. So, and I don't, the way things have gone, I'm not sure if he's going to do that. I think originally, obviously that was the plan for him and they would have been better off if he did opt out quite frankly, but that's, what's going to be interesting to see how that, but that, what you just said, I think certainly makes sense. And, you know, if, if you have too many players, you know, let's say that Casas is lights it up in spring training and say, Bobby's still, you know, running strong, like selling high on Dahlbeck, certainly, you know, best case scenario. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, it's a good, I mean, hopefully JD does. I mean, I haven't liked him since like the, like last year's like boohoo. I don't have my iPad kind of <laughs> nonsense. It's like, dude, shut up. Like in his defense, everyone sucked last year. Yeah. And, and they did, but it's just like, Oh, there's the play. It's like, come on. I'm hoping I was hoping the NL would do the DH rule. So maybe he'd have more teams to, to take him. So maybe yeah. if that happens, maybe he'll be a suitor to more teams. But I, so I like the idea of Schwarber. I feel like he got a raw him being injured coming over here, but like dude smash is like, I, I, like you say, he probably hit about his 30th home run last or 29th and 30th home run last night, I believe. I don't even know why they're pitching to him. And he's so hot at this point. Like they, yeah, like, so that was he, insane. I would love to keep him. I, I like that Devers. I did because like, Dever, so you also my, have Renf, you have Renfro. Like the, that's the other thing you have. A he's up for arbitration like, though. So you could, you, you own, have these guys that are Renfro. Like, I feel like you just have a team full of like NFL linebackers and tight ends between the first, the corner, the corner infielders and Renfro. And then the other thing too, that I feel like they have to get better though, defensively next year. And that's part of the problem is because like Verdugo is not good in center field. Kike has been a pleasant surprise. Like I like Kike in center and obviously uh, Renfro and right. And then uh, obviously then you have to have Verdugo play like, like that's their best probably lineup. But like, as you said, like you have some of these guys that just are butchers like, and at times like, well, Schwarber, we probably was worse than Martinez. Although at this point in Martinez's career, I'm not sure how much left in his tank either from a defensive perspective. So I think that's going to be the most intriguing thing. I think going into spring training is where you're going to play these people because you, you still need, I, I think you need to get better defensively somehow. Oh, you definitely have to. I mean, there's certain things like you can over, like if Devers keeps doing what Devers is doing, you can like, you can look like overlook his, his, defensive deficiencies like if you're producing offensively oh he's in like, the mvp category for a while right right so if you're producing in that level i can like that's why i think dollback pisses me off so much for because for most of the year he was hitting like a like a clown and he was creating all these errors so like there's a little leeway there like if you're doing enough on the offensive to kind of counteract that i'm cool with it i mean like i said i'd rather have devers a dh and not have him play the field very often because like I, I just don't think he'll ever figure it out to be consistent enough to me not to worry about him, but um, yeah, they have some decisions. Renfro being you know up for arbitration is cool because you have him, you can get him back. Because like I said earlier, like he is, in my opinion, has been the absolute steal of this entire high and bloom. We, I, I, and I will apologize because you and I hammered Hunter Renfro pretty good. Not him necessarily personally, but like the decision to like not well, spend on that position, yeah. and he turned into an everyday player and. 
He's had some know, error error troubles this year, but like makes up that bat- arm. He just makes up for it, though. Arm. His batting average is way better than I thought. It's career high. Like yeah, like he's doing it. That throw from that throw to third. That guy has a rocket launch. By the way, how do they not have how do they not have Ren throw T-shirts made up? I tweeted that at Carabas like a month ago. That's how how do we not have Hunter Renthro t-shirts? Because that's, that's our idea. That's also. what I want. All right. Enough about like talking about next. Let's let's just ride this out, Jeff. We'll see where it goes. Let's get yep. Sale locked in. Valdi. Let's get a Valdi you know, locked in. He's Eddie, the true. Eddie, Eddie Rodriguez is the one to worry about. He's got his five ERA or whatever the hell it is right <laughs> yeah. now. That you know, so they gotta lock it down. By the way, this was brought up the other day. A few people speculated that potentially that Valdi is the starter for the the playing game, which I don't hate, especially if it's at home. Oh, I would ha- pick him and then have Sale start game. Like I, I actually like that tactic. It's not terrible, um, and Valdi's been very good this year. So we're talking about one game playoff. You need to win it. Like Chris Sale, for as good as he is regular season, is a terrible postseason pitcher. So like well, career wise, isn't he's also had the he was injured again, you know, previously, but I mean, he won us the world series when he came in and closed it out, but that's the other thing too. Let's say like you have to win that game. Right. So you could even bring, you're going to throw anything you can. Like, you know, if Evaldi comes out, like at this point, like Matt Barnes has lost his job. He was terrible again last night and they brought him in with like a 10 run lead and he still couldn't close it out. Not that it was a safe situation, but yeah, you know, you're running a bunch of different people out of the back end of the bullpen right now. You know, if that game is going, if that game is, tied or close i mean you could even bring sale in at the end of that game if you had to so i think it's gonna be interesting to see how they close this out be nice to be nice to take two out of three against new york and then two out of three against in baltimore win both of those series and just kind of be locked in yeah start of Valdi. dude's got ice in his veins never forget that dodgers game oh i love it you'd hear him grunting it like he was just like i can't believe he's an arm left after every drop in that tank was spent definitely wasn't worth the money, you know. <laughs> oh, he's overpaid. He's earned his he's earned his contract. Absolutely. Now he has, but like in the beginning, it was a little bit like ooh, but yeah. Let's uh let's get on to the Patriots. Uh, it's been a while again. Like I think the last time we talked was post draft. We did a live video, mm-hmm. and so Cam's gone. Woo-hoo. Hey. Listen, we've talked a lot about Cam Newton. We've had our opinions on Cam Newton, but do not forget that I said that I would not be surprised if Cam Newton was not here and that they were not worried. When when you had a meltdown, Jeff, when they re-signed Cam Newton, I said, do not worry. He may not be here. Most people thought Bill was going to stick to his guns and ride this sinking ship. (laughs) So they should have won the Miami game. And quite frankly, they would have if it were not for the fumbling. But Mac, I would say, controlled that game very well. I had issues with some other things in that game. We won't get, we won't really get into that. It's their first game. I'm not gonna, it, you know, kill them for it. We are. Let's talk about the Jets game first, though. So they beat the Jets 25 to six. Poor Zach Wilson uh, threw four picks. They're going to ruin that poor young man. Uh, mm-hmm. Mac, though, again was very efficient. 22 of 30. Now again, like. The speculation right now, Jeff, is like, are they holding th- like play like things back from Mac? Josh McDaniel said no. I-, I think the biggest thing people saw on that trick on the trick play that he immediately had checked it down and not to Aguilar, who apparently was open in the end zone. 
but I really don't have too many critiques of Mac Jones in particular with him. It seems like it's just some, just some normal rookie mistakes. you know, whether it's like the, the intentional and this week, the intentional grounding the week prior that weird backwards pass thing. Um, but I, I feel like he's on track at this point. The running game looks good. Uh, I would say, well, Damian Harris looks good. Stevenson obviously sat this week. I thought they would have played Taylor more with that. They went heavy with James white. It looked excellent. We, you and I were worried a lot about James white last year. And I know personally he went through a lot and I, I think a yeah. lot of us chalked it up to that. So it's nice to see him back. I don't have any complaints. So right now we're talking about pass protection and defense. We're, I guess specifically from the jets game. What did you make of, of that? And where, what are you concerned about as of right now? So the Jets game. So overall, I think I have no issues with Mac. It's hard, right? When you play someone that is a dumpster fire like that. Yeah. So like Mac Jones in a nutshell, that game. Yeah. He didn't throw the ball downfield very much. I mean, there's a cut, there's that one throw. Um, It looks like, I mean, he, he has a, no matter if it's thinking dump, I know people like, Oh, he doesn't throw the ball over seven yards, whatever that nonsense. Oh, the like, Colin yeah, Coward, definitely Colin, he has like the second lowest is like th- yards in the air is like three something. Yeah. So like, yes, I mean, they're definitely holding it back. They're having him figure it out. I don't think the plan was for him to start week one when they drafted him. I think this is kind of a, you know, on the fly kind of thing. I think he has a great command of the offense. You can tell he knows we're thinking like for as much as his offensive line has let him down, he's extended plays by knowing what's going to happen. I can't tell you that if Cam Newton was the quarterback, he'd have any idea where the blitz was coming. Like a lot of these would have been sacks or rush jobs or something. So like picks, picks. he seems to have a great grasp of not only defenses, but what's coming his way. He does with the best, but he, but he can. I mean, the offensive line has been uh, a joke. Like, so can we, can we just talk about that for a well, second? So I think that the problem here, there's, well, there's a couple of things and I think they're all, it's kind of like a domino situation, right? So Trent Brown being injured and coming out of the lineup then causes other issues after that. So Trent Brown has like, I think it's a calf. They're calling it. He's questionable this week. I don't know if he's going to play, but the problem you then have is so you and I talked about this before because I didn't like, I don't like this, the way they're, the, the way the line is constructed. I don't like I, I talked about this a lot before. I wanted Trent Brown to be the left tackle. And instead, they moved on Wenu to left guard and they put Trent Brown at right tackle. Now, obviously, Trent Brown didn't play last week, but Isaiah Wynn was on the ground. <laughs> was on the I was ground. Say, he was getting bodied. I don't know if he was I don't know if he was digging for for earthworms or what was the guy was on Dude, the ground. He looked he was like a toddler. fucking Minecraft. That's like, what he was I, doing. His ass was always on that turf. And so I, I thought Durant was okay in the Miami game, but then they gave him the start in the Jets game. It was terrible. Um, Haran was Haran was terrible. That's why Durant started the Jets game. They were both bad. Kajust was back, but is still injured. And I think that's why they weren't comfortable throwing him, especially because it was against the Jets. They're like, we can just, you know, make this work for now. Yeah. Um, but here's what I guess what I didn't understand when things got when, when they were failing clearly with both Haran and Durant in that game, Jeff. So why didn't they go back to last year? Right now, 
what I would have done late in that game when things were not going well, put Unwenu back at right tackle. You paid Ted Karras a crap ton of money. Put Ted Karras in at left guard. So you move Unwenu to right tackle, and you put put Karras in at, le- at left guard. Like that, that's what I was surprised when things were just failing on the outside, why they didn't just try that. Because obviously Unwenu was more than serviceable last year and was m- one of the few bright spots in the entire season last year. Wasn't he the sixth rank, sixth rank right tackle last year? I don't know what he graded out as, but I know it was, it was pretty high. And I know he was, was probably the, ten argue the best, argue the best run blocking tight uh, tackle in the league last year, right tackle. I, I believe he, he, I know he was at least top 10. So I, I don't so, understand why that adjustment wasn't made. I don't know what the, if, if Trent Brown is out again, I don't know what, if they'll try something there. I don't know if they'll try could uh, this, this week, or if maybe they do go back to kind of last year, but when Trent Brown's on the lineup, it's not, it's not good. So I'm concerned there. I think the other concern, right, Jeff is going to be, so I thought Hunter Henry was bet was good this week, but they need to get the ball more to Henry and Johnu Smith. I know you don't like Bourne. He had a drop. I think Aguilar has actually been pretty good. He's, he seems to be at least like, o- like alert Bourne. and aware, like, especially like the, the, which was surprising me because like Aguilar, you know, is known for just running, you know, down the field. He's had a lot of comeback routes and things and he's bailed out uh, Mac on, you know, some ones where he had, he has to get rid of the ball quick. So I, I want to get those new toys involved more. And obviously that's going <laughs> to revolve, you know, also going to be dependent on, giving Matt Jones time to throw the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, number one, like you said, Henry's got to get involved. I don't know. I don't know what Kendrick Bourne to me just looks slow in that catch and that what should have been a fumble. That was bullshit that they called that. Uh, they called that play dead. That should have been a fumble on Bourne, hundred percent that whole. Uh, so he had, in my mind, he had that drop. He had that fumble and he just, I, I don't know if it's his routes because it's hard to see everything at like the view, but like he's either slow or his route. Well, he's not, but yeah, he's not a burner. And I think well, he was never fast, but like he just looks like he looks useless. And like you see him in San Fran, and like you're like, oh my God, this is going to be good. And I've been disappointed on him. I think the uh, problem is, is that you don't need Kendrick Bourne because of what Jacoby Myers does. And I, the same person. I, I think Jacoby yeah. Myers has done a very good job again. But I think the thing what they're missing to complement let's say, you know, let's take Aguilar and Jacoby Myers, right? The the guy they're missing in theory is Nikhil Harry, right? Like that, the big physical receiver. Talk about a guy who can't catch. Now, again, like, I'm not going like, <laughs> to say that, like, they need Nikhil Harry back, but that's the profile that yeah. would f- complement that group. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that was a disappointment. Like I said, <laughs> uh, the record, that was a fumble by Kendrick Bourne. Don't fool yourselves, Patriots fans. Sala had a reason to be upset because that was that was Probably, week two garbage. Uh, Braxton Berrios, uh, I still think was a mistake letting go. I, th- I thought he looked really good, and I with with the the challenges that they have had with wideout and the fact that they drafted. I know he's a sixth round pick that the Patriots drafted. But like at the time, I feel like that was somebody that they probably shouldn't let go. And it, it seems like he's somebody that he had like seven catches in this game and was targeted quite a bit. He's doing punts and he's, too, right, I think, right? He does, you know, returns, punts. He looks good. That like just looks like that looked like a guy that really would have fit well here. And you know, 
I think is clearly advanced, more advanced than, you know, Gunnar Olszewski, who I'm pretty sure didn't even play a snap on offense. <laughs> this no, game. I don't know what's going on with him. I, I had high hopes. Not that I want him out there necessarily, but like, but I, you know, I, if that's one of the, is one of the few misses that Bill's had, I guess, I don't know. Is that, is that one of them? What? Yeah. Uh, I would say so. I mean, <laughs> It also looks like it might might be a miss his, his defense his interior defensive line this year as well. So I'm, all right, I'm glad you mentioned that. So crap they, out of them. They they brought they brought like I thought they addressed. So obviously the run defense was terrible last year. You and I talked about it a lot, and we also talked about the guys they brought in. I thought they did a good job addressing that. They brought in Devon yeah. Godshow, who is a big, large man that was here to stop the run. They brought in Henry Anderson, who played what one series in the Miami game got in a little bit in this game. I don't. So from my understanding originally that the only reason Henry Anderson actually ended up staying was because they had committed money. They originally wanted to get rid of him. However, I don't know why he's not out there when clearly that was his specialty. You and I talked about his statistics previously when he was at the jets and, and, and before about how good he is at stopping the run. And then the, so you have Christian Barmore actually has been pretty good. I, I will say as far as like somebody that can like play like three downs, like I think Barmore is on the right track. I don't yeah. think Lawrence guy has been great this year. Um, and I think part of the problem is, is now when you're not stopping the run again, you have Juwan Bentley with cinder blocks, let, you know, uh, having to be out there. Now, listen, I, I, I don't have necessarily a problem with Juwan Bentley. Like he is what he is but he's clearly not out there to be covering, covering people. And oh, that's yeah. the problem is when you can't, when the guys up front can't get a push or anything, that's why you have to play Bentley out there way more snaps than he should be. Exactly. And what you just said, like the reason, because they're not stopping the run, he's out there and guess who else knows that the other team that yeah. this guy cannot run. <laughs> this guy has, well, last year couldn't tackle. So just get the ball in front of him, and he supposedly probably lost make a like miss. twenty pounds since he was drafted. By the way, he yeah, came, when he came in, when he went to like through the draft, I think he was like two sixty or something. Yeah, I think they said he's around two forty now. He does look better. Um, last year was not good. I think his his rookie year was good, right? Rookie, last year no. was bad. This is his fourth year, isn't it? This is wasn't third. his rookie year. He got hurt. Remember, he got oh, hurt in the preseason. Right, that was his first year. Two year two years ago, he was good. Last year, terrible. Last year was yeah. terrible, and then. I think he does look okay, but again, like you have to understand what his limitations are, certainly. Right. And they know. Like you imagine Alvin Kamara going right in front of his face on Sunday. So thank you for have mentioning that. A good one. So <laughs> you and I were talking about there's the Lions, it's not a secret, are trying to trying to trade Jamie Collins again. <laughs> and <laughs> Jamie. even so I even read that he could be cut possibly. And so that's a huge weakness, right? For the Patriots is going to be able to cover agile running backs because certainly it's not going to be Juwan Bentley or anyone, anyone else in that group. That's the biggest thing I think they're missing is that cover linebacker. And Jamie Collins has been very successful here in doing so. If he's released, I would definitely say there's probably a 90% chance that he comes back if he's released. Um, Maybe somebody else trades for him. I don't know what his contract situation is this season, um, but it seems like G- like Bill Belichick's the only person to get Jamie Collins to to play productively. So yeah. it's funny you mentioned Kamara because that was the first thing I thought. Like this is going to be ugly. Like can we get him in this week? 
Yeah. I mean, because like what you're going to have to do is, I mean, and it worked out last year. I mean, Adrian Phillips playing that like hybrid role. Like I like Adrian him in the box. I mean, now he's a little banged up. He, he uh, is. And we'll get no, to no, no. Sorry. Second. His wife is pregnant. Oh, like, you're right. He missed practice. He's out for, yes. He was out for So I don't know if she's having a baby. Who knows what that is? Yes, you're right. Um, so that worked out last year. I don't know why they wouldn't go back to that knowing Bentley's limitations. Um, just so Jamie Collins has a $7.3 million cap hit this year. I'm sure they can fit that in. Or once he gets here, they can manipulate I'm sure they can work their magic if they want him here. His next next year is nine million. Wait, so he wouldn't play. Yeah, I I want him this year. Like they can figure out the the money, you know, afterward. Yeah, he's already thirty two. That's not that's crazy to me. I feel like he's like, still like twenty six or something. That's crazy. He's one of those players that, that I feel like just haven't been there here long enough. But yeah, let's, you uh, put Adrian Phillips in the box. So so let's move. Let's let's talk about the matchup then this weekend. So the Patriots are going to host the Saints at home at one p.m. This Sunday, yours truly will be there in action. I will be there. Um, so the Saints have had an interesting start to the year. So they absolutely annihilated the Packers in week one, 38 to three. Winston had like, what, five touchdown passes? Didn't really have yardage, but nope. looked like that LASIK really paid off for him. <laughs> Uh, and then they had a miserable loss to the Panthers last week, 26 to seven. Uh, I'm watching the Panthers right now beat up on Houston as we're recording. Darnold looks good. Um, so I, I think the Panthers are probably a little underrated, but I, I really don't know what to make of the Saints. Uh, the Saints obviously lost a lot of defenders. We, You and I actually talked about this again in the, in the offseason. They were one of those teams that were in severe salary cap jail if it, whatever you want to call it and so I, I don't think their defense is nearly as good as it was in the in you know the past few years and then Michael Thomas is out again still so I really don't know what to make of this especially when you look at like when you look at both of their games this year they're like completely different I don't even think Kamara like didn't Winston have more rushing yards than Kamara last week and that loss yeah. like <laughs> so this game worries me more than it usually would just, I know this is going to sound very stupid, but I mean, we have to realize that last week they did have eight coaches out with, with that COVID sure. thing. So like, it's way different when you have coach, like specialty coaches that aren't making the adjustments for their particular subgroup, especially with a team, like you said, that was in. Did was Marshawn Lattimore out last week too? Yep. I was, gonna say, I was just going to say he was out. You had no coach. Like I, I think individual, like special, specialty coaches make an impact, especially on a team that, you know, doesn't have all the defensive weapons like that the, team previously had. So to go the other way though, don't you think that Bill Belichick is the type of coach that would just ruin Jameis Winston though? With his his like his history uh, of don't you think like like that's he's the type of guy that's a prime candidate for Bill to make make throw picks again like or turn the ball over? Yeah. So I mean the only thing with that, so I, I agree with you. The only the only issue is you have to the Patriots are going to have to Mac Jones. They're going to have to let Mac, Mac Jones go. They're going to have to make. They're going to be you're super right. aggressive. They're going to have to. They have to score points in this game. That's correct. Because I would agree with that. If yeah, because what the problem is, if the Saints get ahead, it's going to be the Camara show, and you are not like. I'm sorry. It's had a slow like, start though. Yeah, but like he he's if not the best, like top. I'd say top three best. I mean, his 
me to, I think he's the best running back in the league. I know that can be up for debate, but like, but don't you, the other side of that though, is don't like, even though like you're having a bad game, like, don't you feel like the best, the best of the best though, they, they take over the game. Like if you look at the numbers from last week where he, he was just invisible. Like, I feel like that's not the case if you're looking at some of the other top, like, I don't like McCaffrey, just like Kamara is also good in the passing game. And like, I just feel like Kamara was just not available. Like even like, like last year, like if you look at like Dalvin cook probably was, you know, one of the best all around backs. And like, even with them losing, like you get him the ball. And like, I just, there's something about like Alvin Kamara that has almost like that, that Randy Moss, like where he's just like checked out if they're not in the game, if that makes sense. Like I'm worried that like, so if let's say that, let's say that the saints are down by like two scores, I feel like that's game over for them. Could be, but we'll see. I mean, just some of the plays he's made, like especially like last year, where it looks like he's looks like he's jogging and people are just missing him. Like, if if you can get him honed in, and maybe he was fell victim to that coaching thing last week. Maybe maybe this coach of theirs, their, their running backs coach, is such an impact on him that keeps him on the straight and narrow. Like, you don't know, but um, he has had a slow start. But I feel like someone with that ability won't, won't stay slow for long. So. Um, I would just get ahead and where are you, what like worries you other than like, so with obviously, as I mentioned, Michael Thomas is out. So like their, their leading receiver is Kamara. Like they don't have, like you have Deontay Harris who has like what three catches Marquez Callaway who has three Chris Hogan is there. Like they don't have much. They don't have much. Um, their, big, their biggest thing might be that little windup toy was, uh, is it Deontay Harris, the kid from Assumption College? Yep. He's like little, he's like a Darren Sproles. I think it was it, was it Matt, was it Matt Slater that compared him to Darren Sproles? I saw. Yeah. Um, that that's probably, you know, that might be one of the biggest things to keep an eye on in that game is if, you know, if he sparks like a you know, return or something like that, that's where they're gonna have to stay in check because there's no reason that they can't the Patriots can't match up offensively. And again, like, as we talked about, like Kamara, you worry about, but like, if you bracket Kamara, you know, it's with some sort of defense where you're, you know, keeping him contained, like you're not afraid of any of these wide receivers or tight ends, or I don't even know who the tight ends are anymore on this team. No, I mean, I would say, I mean, this is not stupid, but Patriots, since it, you know, it became a thing, the wildcat or, or those trickery plays have seemed to have thrown them off. So. Taysom Hill. Could oh, I wouldn't be. be su- it's a good point. Impact. I wouldn't you be know? surprised if you see a lot of Taysom Hill. I still have nightmares from that that Dolphins game from years ago when they did that just, the Wildcat over that's the Ronnie over. Brown game. That that the was Ron- the anniversary, right? It was just yeah. I uh, have like I have like reoccurring <laughs> nightmares about that game, and then they did it week one near the goal line. I was like, oh my god! I'm like I'm having like flashbacks. Like I don't know why every Bill Belichick offense can't like. He can like plan for anything, but like Wildcat is like his like kryptonite. So, I mean, well, I think Casey that's Hill, you know could be a big that that could be the factor. You know, if they get him involved, let's talk about the injuries a little bit then. So for the Patriots, I think the most concerning one um, is Matt Judon, especially when we talk about stopping Alvin Kamara and, and yeah. a guy that's probably going to be out on the edge and you know having a meeting with Alvin Kamara at some point yep. in, that, in the flat or, or what have you, but Judon has a knee issue. He was limited, limited participant on Thursday. Um, 
Damian Harris has a finger issue. He was limited. I think he's, I think he should be fine. And then obviously Trent Brown that we just talked about at, at length is listed as questionable. Uh, I don't know if he, I think he was limited also. So yeah. those three guys are listed as questionable. Um, there's really no other surprises from the Patriots perspective. The biggest one that we talked about for the saints, obviously is Marshawn Lattimore. He has a hand injury. Didn't play last week. He was a limited participant Wednesday. I don't have the update for Thursday um, for the saints as far as their practice participation. I don't think there's anyone else. They have some guys, obviously an injury reserve, like Michael Thomas, Quan Alexander, Trey Quan Smith. Um, but other than that, it looks like it, you know, for the most part, they're relatively healthy. So I, yeah, like, I think the whole game plan here is like stopping Alvin Kamara is what I feel like is what it comes down to. Yeah. So the quickly on Judon, like I'm hopeful because the Wednesday's practice, he was only available for media availability and didn't practice at least today he practiced even though it was limited. So it's not something where he's out multiple days. Like maybe it's just something a little bit, maybe it was that play when he killed Tua. Maybe he messed something up that game. I, I don't know, but um, they need him. I mean, that guy just not only his personality, like the things he said, like, you know, criticize me if I mess up just, just his overall play. Like they need someone like, like that on the field. So that'd he's be been a, one of the better defensive players so far. I would say this, this his year. motor never stops. Never, never stops. So I hope, um, I hope he plays, even if, he, even if he's limited and they could just get him in there situationally, like if he's like healthy enough to at least suit up and do something, I think he can make an impact even like 75%. So I hope. Uh, any final thoughts you had for this game at all? No, it just, uh, well, I, yeah. What, what do you think? What do you think the, uh, what do you think the score is going to be? What do you think is going to win score? Whatever you want to do. The Patriots are the Patriots are favored in this game. The line they I think is are. three. I think it's three as of right now. Uh, yeah. So I would take in that spread. I would take the Patriots. I would take you know the minus three for the Patriots. The over under is forty two and a half, and I think that's the more interesting part because I yeah I would tend to say that it, it probably would be an over. But given the fact that then if you look at the Saints last, so I guess that's the problem is I'm looking at two games for the saints that are vastly different. And I'm looking at the Patriots who have, you know, you have Mac Jones, who's not even thrown the ball into the end zone, not, not even a touchdown, but like, not like hasn't thrown the ball in the end zone. So that's why I'm a little apprehensive. Like, I feel like you're going to have to score to win this game. If I had to guess, I would say you're, I would, I would, I would take the over on that. And I would say maybe the Patriots are maybe like, um, 27, 23, maybe. Something like that. So you think the Patriots are going to win? I, I do. Okay. So I, I had the same feeling. I, I had the same score, actually, which is funny. So I think, I mean, you look at this these teams, like it's this is not the um, Saints of old, like we just said. We won't we'll go through that. But I, I think they're going to figure out defensively. I mean, Bill Belichick team is not going to be, you know, poor run defense that, that long, um, especially with the talent they have, at least, you know. So I think it'll be a good game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints won. It's one of those like toss-up games. Like, because if you get the Saints from like you said, week one, like who who knows? But like even the Saints, if you get the Saints in week two, it'll be over by you know, beginning of the third. So I think it'll be a really good game. They're almost better off that they 
let Latavius Murray go over money because I feel like the Patriots almost would have had a worse time dealing with him pounding it up the middle than at least trying to, you can match up better. I think with Kamara with whether it's like a, a nickelback or someone like that, you don't necessarily have to worry about someone plowing up the middle. Like they've had problems with so far and right. you know, Latavius Murray actually looked pretty good with, with Baltimore. So that was yeah. only, that wasn't really about production. They just wanted him to take more money. That's how that, you know, ended up happening. And so, um, they have someone similar like that in build with Dwayne Washington, I yep. believe is probably the primary backup to, to Kamara. So I think, you know, that strangely might be an interesting matchup to see if new Orleans can run it up, you know, in, inside. Yeah. Be interesting. It'd be a very good game for sure. All right. Uh, wrapping some things up. I did want to mention, I know nobody cares about soccer, but I do want to mention the revs because they're by far and away the best team in the MLS and it's not oh, even yeah. close. They've already clinched a playoff spot with many games left. They've also uh, had a club record 18 wins this year. If you look at the MLS table, the standings, it in like the point, like how far and away the revs are, it's amazing. They are finding ways to win games. They had a great win. Uh, Carlos Heel scored, I think, in like the 92nd minute or so last night uh, to win on just a ridiculous goal with short side there's there's no angle and like those players uh in again i won't i don't go too long but tejan buchanan is going to be going overseas after this after this season between buchanan heel Bo, buxa matt turner it's amazing like amazing what they've been able to accomplish and so you know they've been called the buffalo bills of the mls with you know what their five championship losses uh they're in great position if they can stay healthy to, to make a deep run. And I would love nothing more than to see that happen. Uh, Jeff, final thoughts, rugby or otherwise, did you have anything? Um, they have so yeah, co- so by the way, they have a new coach, don't they? The free Jacks. They do. They do have a new coach. Uh, we can get into that another day. That's the <laughs> story, but I want to say revolution. Um, I've been impressed with them too. I was going to say they're the, the, the they're so they're so ahead of everyone else. It looks like it looks like you're playing FIFA on easy when you look at that table. It's ridiculous. So even it's me, hard to wrap casual, your head around. Like, <laughs> yeah, you think you're looking at the wrong. You're thinking you're looking at like a joke website. It, it's even me, the casual Revs fan, has been very impressed. So I'm excited. Like I'll be watching more games than I have been. So that's exciting. And um, to you know tell everyone about a sport they care even less about than soccer. Uh, the LA Giltinis, who was the newest team in Major League Rugby, they they won the championship. So, uh, like I said, no one cares. But season two is coming soon, um, and then I guess we'll dive in more into the rugby stuff a little bit later. Let's get through football. We get we get to get out to more. So I've been to I've been to a few Revs games this season. We didn't we did not make it to a Free Jacks game, but we need to get there. By the way, oh I I almost forgot the the Massachusetts Pirates won. The IFL oh, yeah. championship. So that is your that is your champion. I, yeah. I actually I watched this game streamed online. It was crazy. It went to overtime by the Garrett Garrett Hartley. Yes, that Garrett Hartley, who is a fat slob now. <laughs> I, he looked like the guy ate Garrett Hartley that they sent out there, but uh, won won the game in overtime. And so they actually had a some parade of something in Worcester, I think, the other day or. It's coming yeah, up. Yeah, they, the they play the DCU, right? 
They do. Yes. And so I guess they had some sort of gathering in Worcester to celebrate that, but there's a Massachusetts championship for you. Yep. We just keep winning. <laughs> All right. Uh, finishing up. Thank you everyone for sticking with us. I know we were on a hiatus for the summer there. Uh, we're back in some capacity here. We are still looking for sponsors, as I mentioned. So if you're interested, just reach out to us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any other feedback as well, get at us. We love hearing from people. And then Jeff and I are going to work on some sort of live broadcast. Those are great because everyone really has been great at participating in those. And we have a fun time. Jeff, thanks for being with me. It's great to be back here with you. Glad glad to be back. Uh, everyone was chirping at me when we you got to start again you got to start again so here we are you're, you're stuck with us again so everyone just buckle up and uh good to be back that was episode one of season two thanks everyone for listening have a great day see ya wouldn't you like to get away